Welcome to This and That. My name is John Miranda, and I will be your host for this episode. Another episode of freewheeling or running off at the mouth. Recently, a very close friend of mine contacted COVID. She went and paid a hundred and some odd dollars to find out right away if she had it or not. She did. She then contacted a medical professional who gave her a program that involved ivermectin and a number of supplements, vitamin C, vitamin A, quercetin, and a few others. She does the program. It's a 10-day program. And about the sixth day, all of her symptoms disappear. So, after the 10-day quarantine, she goes to Walgreens and signs up for and gets the, the speedball COVID test. Gets the results in about an hour. But the paperwork stated that it was not FDA approved. If you test positive, get vaccinated. If you test negative, get vaccinated. And there's no guarantee that you're going to get a positive or a negative test. So that's pretty not very definitive. So the next day she goes and gets, uh, I think it's called a PRT one. And this one takes about two days to get the results. So it's a little bit more involved, we thought. So about a day and a half later, she gets the result and she's, and she tests positive. But she has no symptoms, hasn't had them since the sixth day and feels great. Yet she's still being told to get vaccinated. So what's going on here? Seems to me that these tests are just like a gateway to make people get vaccinated. Needless to say, on further consultation with another medical professional, she was told that she's cool, she can go back to work. This whole mandated COVID vaccination is just absolutely crazy. It makes no sense. And, and I feel sorry for those people who, you know, what that did it, whether they uh, were afraid or because they believed the quote-unquote science about it. Because who knows what this vaccine is going to do over the long run. Personally, I have not been vaccinated, and I will not be vaccinated. This person I'm talking about who recently contacted COVID, of course, now she's, she's naturally um, immune because she's got the antibodies, but she has no desire to get vaccinated either. Down here on the street, I look around, and, and things in the Atlanta area anyway, traffic-wise, it's back to normal. It's always been crazy, by the way, in this city. In the grocery stores, I've noticed, and this is like Walmart and uh, Kroger, uh, some shelves are uh, empty. They don't have as many different products there. And just recently, the gasoline went up another dime. So here it's been... Um, two ninety nine for a long time, and now it's three oh nine. Buying groceries, I've noticed, like markedly more expensive now. So inflation is here for how long? We don't know. I'm a veteran and I'm retired and I'm on Social Security. I just got to notice that our Social Security benefit is going to go up by five percent or something like that, which won't make a whole lot of difference because of the inflation. I really can't tell what's going on by reading any of the media. 
outlets, whether that's Fox or CNN or what have you, even Breitbart or Newsmax, you you just really can't be, I can't anyway, be really sure what's true and what's not true. If there's, if it's in writing and it shows it as a quote, maybe. Now, for me, if they actually put a soundbite on there of somebody saying something, well, I'm, I'm pretty convinced at that point that, that there's some truth there, so I'll, I'll take it to heart. But really, for me, it's down here on the streets. I'm way distant from Washington, D.C., way distant from that, right? Um, so, for, so for me, uh, I, I know what it's like here on the street. They can say the economy's turning around or whatever they want to say, but I don't see it and I don't feel it, so it's not. So it's just more PR, spin, spin, spin. It appears more people are going back to work. At least that's what I'm hoping is an indicator by the traffic being back to normal. Here in the apartment complex that I live in, there's actually three complexes. There's less cars in the parking lot. So some folks are going back to work. And now that the unemployment from the government has been cut off, interestingly enough, there's less cars here because they're going back to work. But also, you know... The incidence of, of marijuana in the air has really dropped off. I mean, even driving around, I would get it, but not so much anymore. So I guess they don't have the free time or the money to buy pot, and so that's cool. I live in an apartment. This is actually the only one, two, third time I've ever lived in an apartment. And the second time that I've lived in an apartment, there was downstairs someone. In other words, there was someone on, on top. And uh, this will be the last time I ever do that. Live in an apartment, to be for sure. Certainly never underneath someone else. This particular apartment complex, their lease was like 46 pages long and basically covered their ass for everything and made you responsible for everything. They have some property rules. For example, you know, if you got a dog, you can't leave the apartment without it being on a leash. You can't store stuff on your patio. You can't smoke within the environment. That sort of thing. But they have no one in charge of monitoring that. They depend on the residents to report that. And you do that, and you don't know if it goes anywhere or nowhere. They used to have someone on post that would respond to you and goes, hey, thank you very much. We'll look into that. Now there's nothing. Even if you email the property manager, you get no response whatsoever. I checked with our, our legal advisor, and they are completely within their rights. They don't have to. The only thing that they could be upgraded for would be if your peace of mind, your enjoyment of your living space is being violated, which that, by the way, um, I did end up writing several communications to the property manager about the noise upstairs. There were two adults, three adults, excuse me, and a baby who is now, I think, about eight months old or something like that. Anyway, the two adults uh, are gone. One was the father of the baby. I'm not sure what happened there, but things quieted down just because of that. But the problem was that someone had bought the woman one of those things that you put the kid in. It's got wheels on it, and they can kind of drive themselves around the floor. Except these floors are not wood floors. They're this faux floor. It's made out of some kind of plastic hard thing it's even got ribs in it to simulate wood so they were letting this kid do this for like off and on for several hours 
had written it up, nothing. So then I finally went upstairs and I knocked on the door. And at first, the woman was not very accepting. She said, well, you know, I've got an eight-month-old child. I go, I understand. I'm a 74-year-old guy. I should have some respect with my, for my, you know, peace of mind in my apartment. But she did say, well, okay, well, I'll limit it. And she did do that. Usually, um, so have the kid run around in that, in that little four-wheel thing for about 20 minutes or so a day. And so that I can live with. When I had gone down to leasing office and talked to one of the personnel down there, she said that, well, between the hours of 10 and 8, that's quiet time. They are not, people are not supposed to be making unnecessary noise. I go, well, what about outside of that time? So, well, they can make as much noise as they want to. And that turns out to be, because I talked with my lawyer this morning, incorrect. That you, if that happens, he said, you know, give me a call back. Also, this person in the leasing office said that I should not be knocking on the door of any tenants and, and saying anything to them, which is what I ended up doing, of course, because writing a communication, an email to them, resulted in nothing. But live communication, to me, always will, re will resolve if you keep at it any particular disagreements you might have with someone. And it worked in that case. Will I go up and knock on someone's door if there's something else going on? You bet. Locally and nationally, of course, there's been quite a bit of fuss-fuss about this critical race theory in different states and how education boards have been enforcing it on uh, parents' children. This is a whacked thing. It's part of that woke movement, which is also whacked. So I'm really happy to see parents fighting back on it. And I'm going to try and get involved in it here in Atlanta more than just, you know, lip service, but volunteering my services to help make sure that where it is being taught, that it's not being taught. It's my opinion that this is some kind of psychiatric-based program. The school system in the U.S., and probably throughout the world, but I know in the U.S., is psych-based a lot. By that I mean, you've got, remember the new math? You cannot actually work with that very well. I was volunteering at a uh, after-school program, uh, helping out kids in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. And I want to tell you, I could not relate to that at all. The, the reading skills, these kids were being taught to pronounce the words. It's called sight reading. And they teach them like what is considered the basic vocabulary, the basic minimum vocabulary that a child should know or someone should know in order to communicate. However, you cannot communicate very complex thoughts with, with that vocabulary. These kids were being taught not to look up words or to learn words. They were taught by sight in order to pronounce them. That's it. If you were to stop a kid, which I did, and ask them what such and such word meant, I'm not talking about little words like of and to, but, you know, some bigger words that they should have known. You don't know what they mean. You look at you with this blank look. There's a great book called Leipzig Connection by a fellow named Paolo Leone. And he laid out what happened to this education system in this country, which, by the way, prior to the 1900s was a fabulous system. Psychiatrists got involved in it, actually a fellow by the name of uh, Wundt, German fellow. He was the father of experimental psychiatry. It's because of him that the fact that a person was a spiritual entity was denied and that Man was basically just a, a mass of uh, atoms or started out to figure out what man was all about by studying animals, chickens, dogs, monkeys, that sort of thing. 
problem is we are not any of those things. And so psychiatry, although being foisted off as a science, is not. It's not predictable. You cannot go up to a psychiatrist with some problem and tell them blah, 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 and they go, oh, yeah, well, you just got to do this or do that, and you'll be done with that. No, I'll write a prescription for you. And a prescription for um, a psych drug, these are very, very strong, serious drugs that you can't just stop taking them. You actually have to be weaned off of them. So education systems are riddled with psych influence. The teachers are taught this. It's part of the curriculum that they take a psychiatric-based, psychology-based classes, which really it's all about control, behavior. You know, they really can't teach a student. The, the principles that these teachers are being taught simply don't work. And so you have now situations in the general public school system where people are graduating from high school and can't read very well. There was a practice that was pilot here in the south uh, of the United States. This is back in the early or late 1800s, early 1900s. And uh, they changed the education system. They no longer required a, a second language. You didn't study philosophy. You were basically just taught what you basic, what you fundamentally needed to know in order to become a worker. Because that's what they felt they needed here in the South was workers, blue-collar workers. You know, people would go out and pick this and pick that. And so they piloted that and, quote-unquote, it worked. And so it then began to be infiltrated throughout the entire system, education system in this country. And so you have stupid people. Um, it's actually been proven that as a person goes up through the grades, he becomes stupider and stupider. There actually was a study done on that, and that's what it turned out to be. And you, there are parents you can talk to that have grade school children that will tell you that's exactly what they feel has been going on with their children. I believe the whole problem with crime boils down to illiterate children, young people. If a person cannot communicate his thoughts and get others to understand them, he's in bad shape. First of all, as far as studying and learning things, he's in big trouble because he's not going to be able to do that. And if you got someone who's not prepared and doesn't have the skills necessary to participate in society, he's still going to want things because everywhere he looks, it's by this, by that. But he can't. He doesn't have the intelligence to do so. But he's going to have it, and he's going to take it. It's the TV he wants, could be yours. And so we have criminality at that respect, criminality at that level. Furthermore, generally speaking, most of your criminals, if you look at them and study them, you'll find that they've lost, or they've lost their self-respect, actually. They don't believe that they are very capable beings, etc. And consequently, they don't believe others are either. It's interesting how you think about yourself is how you actually will view others, too. But anyway, and then you have this pandemic where, you know, everybody's, not everybody, but a lot of people are out of work and you have a rise in crime. Now, this is partly why, what I just talked to you about. The other part, of course, is this other stupid policy of uh, defunding the police. This is, you know, I'm not a real fan of police either. You know, generally speaking, if something happens a crime, they don't get there until afterwards. They don't stop crime per se. But the way society is currently, you need police. Otherwise, you know, it's like it takes the brakes off of people's um, control of themselves. And they kind of go wild, if you will. And that's sort of what's happened here since this pandemic has occurred and the defunding of the police, which basically tells a criminal, 
Okay, it's 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 free times, open door for criminality. You see things like in San Francisco, apparently. People walking into Walmarts and just walking right out, or in Target, just walking right out, knowing damn well that nothing's going to happen to them. There's actually a, a law in San Francisco that under $1,000, they're not even going to prosecute you. So you don't have to be a genius if you're a criminal to figure out, oh, okay, if I just steal $900 today and then $900 tomorrow and $900 next day, I- I'm free. And then, of course, they can turn around and sell that stuff. So I'm seeing where some cities who were defunding the police are now are now refunding the police, if you will, and that's smart. And that's smart. It's, it's a good idea, and it should be done. And it should be done. The other thing, from my view on life, that I think is good is that more and more people are getting licenses to to carry weapons. With crime on the rise, I'm also seeing where people who have guns and have licenses to conceal them have actually been stepping forward and and stopping some crime in progress, which I think is great. Plus, the more criminals know that others have guns, it gives them slight pause to think twice about doing a criminal activity. Walking into, you know, I see this quite frequently, burglars breaking into someone's house, someone's house is shot and killed. So there's a few viewpoints from down on the street, shall we say. And by the way, if you like this show, tell your friends about it, you know. Send them the link and have them listen to it. And I've um, and, and it's set up now that if you want to contribute, you can actually donate some money one time or it doesn't matter how much or whenever you want to. And feel free to do that. It supports what I'm doing. That concludes this episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. And I hope you learned something from this. Or at least that you're entertained in some way. Talk to you later.